Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Thursday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of this program. I've got Brant Daughtry on the show with me here today, and we've got a lot to discuss. We're going to take your phone calls. We're going to have birthdays in sports. We're going to preview Auburn and San Jose State and a whole lot more. It's going to be a fun show here today on this Thursday. Brant, how are you? I'm feeling great, man. Excited to get this show on the road. Well, like you said, we're two days away from another Auburn football game as football season moves fast so enjoy it while you have it but uh yeah looking forward to talking about that talking about the Braves at some point today I'm sure and NFL kicks off tonight which I'm also very over the moon about football galore because you're right we've got Bills and Rams a little bit later we've got some monthly predictions on the line about a combined score in that one who's going to score the first NFL touchdown of the season Uh, the Falcons play on Sunday you'll be able to listen to that game here on Tiger 95.9 FM and then today We've got high school football. Beauregard scheduled to play tomorrow due to some possible weather coming into the area. They've moved that game to tonight. So right after our show ends, we'll have the SEC Lindy's football report taking you up to pregame coverage at 6.30. And then at 6.30, they'll have their countdown to kickoff 7 o'clock. Tim Sin, Bill May, Rusty Henson, Seth Fuller, Brooks Childress bring you Hornets football tonight here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Busy, busy times. Absolutely. They're not the only ones. There are a lot of high school football games that got rescheduled to tonight, uh, especially in this area, because the weather is supposed to get pretty nasty tomorrow. Um, I will be heading down to uh, Enterprise tomorrow night, uh, because... That is where Smith Station's going to be playing. I'm going to be handling the play-by-play for that game, actually. Yeah, Bill, can't Bill wait Bailey, to listen. Yeah, Bill Bailey, our, our usual uh, voice of the Smith Station Panthers, is not going to be, not going to be available. So I'm I'm going to step into that seat and see how it goes. And excited to do it. Love calling play-by-play. It's my favorite thing to do in this job. And uh, really looking forward to that. That is going to be a whole lot of fun, and we'll be listening to it tomorrow night for sure. A couple of high school games tonight, and then um, more games tomorrow. Auburn football on Saturday, Falcons football on Sunday with the rain and weather in the area. We're looking at potentially greater than 50% chance of rain Saturday night at Jordan-Hare Stadium again. So we had a rain game last week, and uh, right now, based on odds... Looks like we could be heading for another one on Saturday. Yeah, I said this on Monday. I sat through that rain delay last weekend, or last week. I'm going to be there again this week, uh, and I said it on Monday. I've been wet before. I'll be wet again. I'll probably get wet again this <laughs> Saturday. And you know what? If I do, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit through the entire thing You're again. You're tough. I, I, I've been wet. That's yeah, fine. exactly. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, can't. Can't, I can't wait and if again. It does Just can't rain, wait to watch Auburn play. If it does rain again during the Auburn football game, 
you will come on the show on Monday and say, I've been wet before and I will be wet again. Exactly. And yeah, we'll repeat that over and over and over. Until uh, it stops raining. Exactly. <laughs> Which, I'll say this, I would rather it not rain. Yes. On today's show, we've got birthdays and sports and a nightly TV guide like always. At 4.15, Brad Law of the Auburn Sports Network, pre- and post-game show host, Bradford. along with being the producer. He's going to be on our show. They've got Tiger Talk tonight, live from Baumhammer's Victory Grill, that you'll be able to listen to on FM Talk 93.9. And then in addition to that, I want to know from Brad, what did those radio guys, Brad, Andy, Stan White, Ronnie Brown, how in the world did they handle the rain delay? What were those guys joking around doing during the last yeah, uh, Saturday's I, broadcast? I, I can't wait to hear that. you guys in the media booth, uh, I believe it was Nathan King brought Yahtzee. yes. So I I'm, I know that that's how some people pass some of the time. Right. Uh, and the radio which, crew's on an entirely yeah, different floor yeah. of the press box. So they're in their own little world, uh, whereas the main media upstairs, yeah, they, they were having a lot of fun. I, I was watching Braves baseball with Brooks mainly. We didn't move from ah, our seats. Fair enough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there was a lot of activities <laughs> taking place. I can't imagine walking into a college football game and being like, Here's here's my board game. All right. Yeah. <laughs> they came prepared, though. Look, yeah. Boy Scout motto, be prepared. They were certainly prepared, uh, and it worked for them. So Auburn's going to take on San Jose State. It's a Thursday. That means your opponent preview also published today yes. on our website, www.thetiger.fm. Tell me about it. Uh, it's on the FM Talk 93.9 page. Uh, should be uh, one of the first things that pops up on there if you go and look. Uh, but yeah, I just talk about San Jose State a little bit and, and what they've done this season. Give a background on their head coach, a couple of players to look out for, and some matchups that I think are interesting. And I've said before, I'm not in the business of making predictions. I, I don't like making predictions, but uh, I kind of give my thoughts on the expected outcome of the game, even though I'm not going to name a score or anything like that. I think uh, I, I think that Auburn. I'll go ahead and spoil it. I think Auburn takes this one pretty handily. This is a this is a paycheck game, uh, and there's a reason that it's San Jose State before you get into the tough game against uh, Penn State. And uh, I can't wait to uh, you know be proven wrong again because I've been <laughs> I, I every time I make a prediction of some kind something goes wrong right so i'm just like yeah i think Auburn and you will don't win like this game. being wrong i don't like being wrong but i understand it's a part of this business um and, and you know it's i i guess i don't know tell me i think i think auburn will win handily saturday i don't think that's an unpopular opinion uh but you know we'll see gotta go out there and play the game Exactly. That's what you got to do. You've got to play that game. And Auburn's going to take on San Jose State coming up on Saturday, 6.30 kickoff, 3.30 airtime here on the Auburn Sports Network and on FM Talk 93.9. If you would like to be a part of the show, give us a call, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be on the show. As uh, Let's take our first phone call of today's program we go to the phone lines and do up first here on today's show we've got our very good pal ward damn steve retired ward damn steve is here to say hello to us hi steve good afternoon mr jj mr brant and uh is that it two-man booth once again today yeah it's me and brant today okay the dynamic duo that's right all right first i want to give you a ward damn shout out for you you hit it out of the ballpark yesterday with having coach lolly on on uh, on the show yesterday. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we had a, we had an awesome time uh, having former Auburn assistant coach Philip Lawley on the program. Brent, you weren't on the show, but uh, you were equally as impressed with uh, where that conversation went, buddy. Absolutely. I, I loved hearing that conversation with Coach Lawley. Only got to hear about uh, half of it or the, the first hour of it, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I love hearing coaches talk ball. And uh, Coach Lawley has uh, a lot of stories both uh, what his, his thoughts on the X's and O's of playing defense. And, you know, he spent forever as a member of the coaching staff at Auburn. So uh, hearing those stories was really, really cool to me as well. Yeah, it was really more like a conversation. And I thank you so much uh, for letting me know uh, that uh, he was on a show so I could uh, get in and talk with him for a little bit. I enjoyed hearing that he apparently grew up uh, not an Auburn fan, apparently uh, an Alabama fan. Yeah, right? how about that? That was so interesting. And, I, and we, we had no idea of, you know, his first stop being in Utah, Alabama. Honestly, Steve, I didn't know Utah, Alabama was a place. Had to look it up, and it's spelled E-U-T-A-W for those unaware. But, the, yeah, we had a lot of new tidbits of information that we learned from him. Yeah, Town's Named on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Tuesday. Town Named Tuesday, our old segment. We should have brought that one up. And uh, I was really intrigued to hear uh, talk about – there's a gentleman I forgot, was it T.J. Perkson? They said he, I guess, is on our staff now, that uh, apparently he has some really good, I guess, evaluation insights onto our team. Yeah, he, name? yes, an analyst for the Auburn football team played at or in the CFL for Coach Philip Lawley and also played college football for Jeff Schmetting. Uh, J.C. was his name. Uh, and I'm trying to remember what the, the last name was on the Auburn football staff. But, yeah, that was a, a really cool connection that he still currently got to the program. Still really good buddies with our, our guy, Trevon Reed, and uh, some of the other people there in the program. So it was fun to be able to have Coach Lolly in studio with us. And uh, refresh my memory, did he say that he has some uh, children that are attending Auburn or did attend Auburn? Did attend. He's he's got uh, all of his, all of his kids are out of school now, and uh, now he's got a bunch of grandkids, I believe, in the in the Birmingham area. So yeah, J.C. Sherritt is his name. That's for, right. An, an analyst currently on the Auburn defense. And where's uh, Coach Lolly saying he's living now? He lives at the lake. He lives over at Lake Martin. So okay. um, here in the area and uh, spending time with his family, and uh, we'll see what that next step is for him. All right, let's get started because I know my time is short. War Eagle is written somewhere inside NASA's Artemis mission rocket. I'm not going to say where, who put it there, but I can assure you, War Eagle is there. This is according from Auburn's website, Joseph Pelfrey, Deputy Director at NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center. I did not know this. Did you know this? I read about this earlier. I knew that Auburn had a uh, had an engineer or two uh, working on the Artemis rocket, and I did see that headline or I saw that quote uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I that is pretty cool. You know that Auburn's got people in the the aerospace engineering uh, departments. You know Auburn's a massive engineering school, and and the fact that uh, NASA is becoming a big thing again, and it, someone's you know someone has their their fingerprints all over the latest big thing in NASA is a pretty cool deal. Well, Brent. Uh, they actually had a look here. Five, uh, at least five general, gentlemen uh, uh, in the space engineering department. Engineer, uh, they're involved in this uh, NASA mission. Did not know that at all. Yeah, that's so, very, very uh, impressive for sure. Very impressive. All right, here's what's not impressive about our team, guys. This comes from AL.com, and it's entitled "What Happened to Auburn's NFL Running Backs." Have you seen that article? have not. I avoid AL.com at all opportunities. Well, this one caught my attention. I always like to see, you know, uh, what, what they're going to say about Auburn. And apparently, according to Mark uh, Inabinet, is that his name? Yeah. 
He says the NFL teams have 31 former Auburn players on their rosters. None of those players is a running back. Well, uh, Auburn that. Auburn sent uh, a lot of running backs to the NFL in quick succession, but none of them really had any real staying power. Trey Mason kind of washed out of the league pretty quickly. Carryon Johnson is not playing football anymore. Uh, Corey Grant had a very long career, but he's you know it what eight years out of Auburn now and just didn't last forever in the NFL. So Cameron Artis Payne, Cameron had five, Artis Payne, run, five yeah. years with the Panthers. Yeah. Peyton Barber had a little bit of time with yeah. Washington okay, well, and about that, Raiders. What's happened to Peyton Barber and Carryon Johnson? Carryon Johnson, I mean, he got released from the Lions after what a year or two. Yeah. He didn't last very long in the NFL. And he moved back home to Madison, Alabama, in the yeah. Huntsville area, and he's working at. Uh, he's got his own fitness gym that he's operating. I mean, I'm just surprised because I thought Carry On was an excellent running back for us. Likewise, I, I thought so as well. I, I I don't know what happened. I think he did get hurt at some point, and it just it just didn't work out with the Lions, and uh, he never got a chance anywhere else. And I'll be honest, I don't I don't know how hard he pursued uh, NFL opportunities. I'm sure he wanted to play, but uh, it just didn't work out in the NFL. All right, trivia question. Since you guys love to ask James and Matt trivia questions, I've got one NFL for you guys. What NFL teams have the most Auburn players on their roster. Oh, it, it was the uh, I, Buccaneers I would, have the, a the ton. The Buccaneers They've have got, a couple. They got KJ Britt, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. Uh, okay, so and if Tampa Bay is one of the teams. Does another team have three as well? There's another team that has three apiece. Tell us who that team is, Steve. I just I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess the Patriots. The Jets. Oh, okay. okay. The Jets. Yeah. Jamie the and Jets. Sherwood. Uzama and uh, Carl Lawson. That's right. So, there you go. All right, moving on, guys. Uh, <clears throat> what about this new NIL deal that Auburn has gotten with uh, Die Hard, is that called? Yes, uh, to be able NIL? to. Yes, pretty cool opportunity. Buy, uh, uh, jerseys with their numbers and I guess their names, but will they have Auburn's uh, logo on there? Yeah, it looks like Auburn's bought in and they've been able to set this up. It was something that uh, they knew that a lot of people wanted in the market. And so, yeah, absolutely. All right, well then please help me because maybe I've gotten some early dementia, but I thought the NIL forbid any uh, college or university's logos to be put under the NIL deal with any uh, players' names on them. Yeah, again, it's really evolving always. And, and the letter of the law still says you cannot do anything with the university's logo and trademarks unless they approve of it. And so Auburn is approving of diehard products being made, and so therefore you're able to purchase those things. And while we're kind of talking about this, I did want to pass along a word, Steve. We heard this at the football game on Saturday, but uh, it was nice to find out that uh, I think we briefly mentioned this. You know, they're not doing uh, the full printed tickets, but they are selling commemorative tickets for every game for folks that want to be able to get those. Okay, but no programs. No programs, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I, I used to call up, love collecting programs. All right. Uh, well, moving on, guys, having said that, I saw one of our receivers has entered uh, the transfer portal, Mr. J.J. Evans. Yeah, a guy that had a couple, had a lot of promise, was a four-star wide receiver out of high school, but has kind of just gotten washed down the depth chart. Uh, I don't think he had any snaps against Mercer. Uh, I, I don't know if he's seen the field in his time at Auburn, so – uh, disappointing that it didn't work out, but he's going to go try and uh, get a better opportunity elsewhere. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. I mean, he was not, you know, a, a two-star or walk-on. He was a highly talented recruit. Yeah, he was a four-star guy. All right. All right. Uh, moving on real quickly, guys. Um, 
the FBI, I know, Brent, you, I don't know that I give them very much credibility, but, you know, the FBI had originally uh, ranked as number 11 preseason, and they gave us a uh, 7.4 projected win uh, total. Well, now that's reduced down to 6.4. I'm saying, okay, we just beat Mercer. Uh, how in the world do they somehow justify uh, saying that we're only going to have six wins instead of seven wins? You guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, not really. Uh, that's another one of those algorithm things. They crunch not just Auburn's numbers, but every number and every game of college football. And, you know, I, I don't know. FBI is sometimes accurate, sometimes not. It, it's, it is what it is. I, I'm not putting too much stock into it. Well, I'm going with Coach Lolly yesterday. I think he feels co- pretty confident we might have a 9 to 10 wins, right? That's right. I think I think nine wins is very on the table. Things have to go right, but I think it's very possible. Yeah. All right. Real quickly, finally, guys. Yeah. Last I'm thought for us, Steve. Give you my give you my prediction again. Uh, I put eleven hundred a thousand dollars on it. Okay. You know how the bookies work. You put down eleven hundred to win a thousand. I'm already in the hole, so I got to make up time. I'm going again with Auburn. Uh, I'm going to go with the over as well. So I'm going forty-five to ten. Okay. You cannot. I, I don't want any more of these trash garbage last minute. You know. Well, I call bad beats. Yeah, when the, when the second again. defense comes in, they got to play good football. I'm there. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, definitely. All right. I listen. I look forward to hearing Mr. Bradlaw and his take. And uh, who's going to be on tomorrow, guys? Uh, we're still trying to set up some guests for tomorrow's program, but uh, I'll be in the studio with uh, Cam and Ryan. They'll be hanging out with me on the show tomorrow. Okay. Until tomorrow, guys. Have a safe afternoon and evening. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That is our good pal, retired War Dam Steve, joining us there on the program. And we're going to take our first commercial break of today's show. When we come back, James from Montgomery, really excited. Our good buddy James will be on Sports Call right after this, Tiger 95.9 FM. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into the program, a Thursday edition of Sports Call Thursday, September 8th, 2022. The NFL football season starts tonight. Rams versus Bills, and we've got a good one. J.J. Jackson and Brant Daughtry here inside our studio for Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender, if you'd like to be a part of the program. All right, let's go to the phone lines right now. And joining us here on the program, we have got... James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yeah, we have made it to week one of the NFL football season, and it's actually here. Yes, it is here, and it will be played later tonight. Yes, so with the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Super Bowl champs from Super Bowl... 56, the Los Angeles Rams, 
I mean, this is going to be a really, really, really good game. And I think it's going to be, I mean, people are going to be tuning in for this one. A lot of uh, fantasy owners are going to be uh, getting their uh, fantasy drafts um, taking in in a couple of minutes away, uh, three, three hours away from now. Uh, the fantasy football league will start um, opening up their draft board. So, I mean, it's right around the corner. It's actually starting. Yeah, it is. So they're going to have a game a little bit later tonight. Yes, as well. So, I mean, everybody, all of the um, fantasy owners and commissioners have been tweeting, uh, asking me who I'm going to who I'm going to be drafting for my draft board, and I will. I won't just pick anybody this year but it will be at random as well yeah no i think uh you probably should have a little bit of a strategy but if you want to go with the random selections that could work too yes as well because i am actually i'm thinking a lot about who i'm going to be who's who's going to be my quarterback um that i'm going to start i don't know there's a lot of quarterbacks i want to take off of the board and i don't know who i'm going to take but I might put some Auburn um, players in there as well, maybe one or two players in there from Auburn as well, and uh, seeing if they're going to give me some points on Sunday uh, on Sunday afternoon as well. Yeah, we've got, uh, like we said, 31 former Auburn football players in the NFL. I-, I think a wide receiver like Darius Slayton could get folks a good number of points in the fantasy world, a tight end, and C.J. Uzama. Those could be good selections. Yes, as well, because I am actually ready for uh, Thursday night football. I'm going to see if the Buffalo Bills would uh, take down the Super Bowl champ. So I think Von Miller, Von Miller is going to be that uh, key component. So I know he's going to be playing against his former team that he won with the Super Bowl uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. So I know it's going to be kind of hard for him to actually, you know, be in a different jersey, but I think it's going to be uh, kind of hard to, to play against his former his former team as well. No, you're right. I, I think it is kind of odd that he just won the Super Bowl and now he plays for the Bills and uh, the, the schedule comes out and it's like, all right, my first game in a Bills uniform is against the Rams, a team that I just played for. Very similar, James, it's very similar to what's going to happen on Sunday. Because the first time Baker Mayfield puts a Panthers jersey on on Sunday, he is going to play against the Browns. His first game with his new team will be against his old team. Yes, as well. So, um, you know, with uh, with Baker Mayfield playing against his former team uh, before Deshaun Watson came along, I mean, that's going to be kind of hard uh, for Baker Mayfield to actually play against his former team. And... I mean, anything can happen in the NFL. I've actually seen this happen many, many times yeah. in years past as well. I want the Panthers to win the game. You know that. You know that I'm a Panthers fan. I think we can beat the Browns. Yes, so I think I do have the I do have the Panthers favorite to win. Yes. By by forty points. No way. 40 point. Yes. Wow. Forty points. <laughs> in the fourth quarter so the final score for that game on sunday will be 48 to 28 oh man wow that'd be only by 20 points but yes that's amazing (laughs) yes so if it happens on sunday i am going to be cranking i'm i'm gonna be turning up the tv on i'm gonna be turning up the tv loud i don't care what my neighbors will say yeah 
I just love football as well. And with our big game coming up on uh, this Saturday, we play San Jose State. So I actually have Auburn actually favored. Get this. Drum roll, please, for this one. Oh, you need a drum roll for this one. You think yes. it's going to be pretty wild? It's going to be up there in All right. the high state. Let, let, let me give you the drum roll. Here it is. I will actually say that Auburn for this Saturday night is going to be fireworks in Jordan Harris Stadium with Auburn. Get this, sixty-three to twenty-six. Wow, massive victory for Auburn football. Yes, as well because it is going to be electric. It's is something that I would like to actually see. And then plus with this game, I know it's homecoming weekend. I wish I was there to, you know, to actually, you know, get to see some of my good friends uh, I've been with for so many, 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 many uh, victories at Auburn. I wish I was there in person to actually uh, root on the Tigers, but I will be there in 2023 if we do another um, homecoming weekend as well. And I do have some homecoming memories. I know um, every time I go to Auburn, I'm an Auburn fan through and through, but I, I actually, when this when it's homecoming week, I always have tears in my eyes, you know, seeing some of the, seeing some of the great, um, hearing some of the great uh, games of the past. And it, it just warms my heart to, to be an Auburn fan as well, to, to have so many great um friends of mine in Auburn to, you know, welcome me to a great university like that. Yes, sir. No, it is a great university. We absolutely adore Auburn University, and uh, we're grateful to be Auburn football fans. War Eagle is what we love to say. You know that. Yes, I always say War Eagle, and I'm actually thinking about, you know, moving one day to Auburn as well and, and calling it home as well. Yeah, no doubt. Maybe one day you will get to call this place home. Yes, as well because I am I am very um, passionate about my team. No matter if well, matter if we win, lose, or draw, I'm still going to be rooting Auburn all the way through for another uh, SEC championship. And I'm hoping that we'll make it to Atlanta this year. Yeah, and it starts again on Saturday, taking on San Jose State, the Tigers versus. Do you know San Jose State's mascot? Yes, it is the Spartans. Yeah, so Tigers is, versus Spartans. going to be a good this, one. This is going to be an actually good one. This is like, you know, I mean, with the Tigers and the Spartans, I think this is going to be like the movie 300. So it's going to be actually a good um, – it's gonna feel like you're in a in a in a Roman Coliseum actually seeing some of these great uh, these two iconic historic teams as well. Could you imagine if all of a sudden in 300 there were just tigers that appeared out of nowhere? Yes, as well. It 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 actually that'd be um, wild. That'd be crazy. It, yeah, it is as well because I mean when when you actually put in the Spartans and Tigers and I mean, it's just amazing to see, to actually see that as well. Well, are you ready for your trivia today? 
Oh, yes. It was actually something about uh, World Second War II. World War. Yes, the Second World yes. War. Indeed, we're ready for it. So let's go. You've got some trivia coming your way. Let's get started. Here we go. Number one. All right. All right, James, you ready? Yes. All right, so these will all be multiple choice, okay? Okay. All right, so what was the longest battle of World War II? Was it the Battle of the Bulge, the Battle of the River Platte, the Battle of the Atlantic, or the Battle of Midway? Let me see. That will be the Battle of Midway. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. It was the Battle of the Atlantic was the longest battle. Okay, so uh, um, I messed up on that one. That's okay. You you still got more to go. Okay. Do you remember any of those battles, James? Um, I know the Battle of the Atlantic and the Battle of the Bulge. There you go. Okay. What's our next one? All right. So the next one. What was number the, two? What was the name of the B twenty nine bomber that dropped the first atomic bomb on Japan? Was it Little Boy, Rosa Parks, Fat Man, or Enola Gay? Mm, I know this one because I actually have a good friend of mine. Um, he used to actually fly this B twenty this bomber during the second world war and he actually told me and i think he said that he was a pilot for the amana gay that's correct the enola gay wow very good james yes and my good friend he is still he lives in montgomery he is 99 years old wow yeah we're, yeah, we're grateful for his service then. Very grateful. Yeah, so, um, me and him, we actually, um, we're good friends, and we always have, um, we, we always talk about a lot of different things as well. Here's our next question coming up. Number three. Okay. All right, James, what beach did the Americans uh, land on for D-Day? Was it Omaha, Gold, Juneau, or Utah? That would be Omaha Beach. That is correct. Well done. What do you remember yes. about D-Day? Um, well, actually, my mother's father, which was my grandfather, he actually fought in World War II, and he he was actually in that fight on Omaha Beach as well. Wow. That's crazy. That's close to home for you. That's your grandpa, like you're saying. Yeah, it's on my mother's side of the family as well. Oh, wow. All right, here's another one. Number four. All right, James, which was the first Axis power to surrender? Was it Italy, Germany, Bulgaria, or Hungary? Who surrendered first? That would be Italy. That's correct. Wow. How did you know that, James? Well, actually, for me, how did I know that question? And it was correct because I actually used to watch a movie of the um, Red Cells. And actually, in the movie, it actually says that um, the Red Cells actually um, were trying to help. um, They were trying to actually cover Italy. So they wanted 
to save Italy from being um, attacked by um, by other forces that were around them as well. And so they were the first to surrender. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, all right. You got one more to go. Here we go. Number five. All right, James. Who proclaimed December 7th, 1941 would be a day that's what will live in infamy? Was it Franklin Roosevelt, Dwight Eisenhower, Winston Churchill, or Harry Truman? That would be Franklin D. No, Franklin. uh, I know this movie. I, I know this answer because i've seen this movie so many so many times and you're uh, on the right track there you're on the right track you want him to help you out here um mm, give him the names again brooks it's franklin d roosevelt dwight d eisenhower winston churchill or harry s truman and what did they declare brooks a day which will live in infamy who said that they'll be harry s truman Oh, you were on the right track, James. It was Franklin D. Roosevelt. Oh, okay. Yeah, FDR. FDR said this will be a day in infamy. Yes, it it, it will be. And uh, this coming up December seventh, uh, I'm actually going to um, I'm actually going to be doing something on my Facebook page as well on December the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth as well. Okay, what are you going to be doing? I'm actually going to be um, taking a lot of questions on uh, Facebook Live, so everybody could uh, follow me on Facebook. It's going to be up. It's going to be, um, you know, different questions I might, you know, that people might ask me of, you know, different military questions I might have as well, because basically for me, I do love military movies. I been watching military movies ever since I was going to going to high school as well, so I still watch them to this day as well. Very good. Very good. All right, buddy. Well, you did a great job with trivia today. I thought World War II trivia was really fun. Did you enjoy it? I actually do love that as well. All right. Well, you'll have to pick our next trivia subject, and we'll be ready for you. All right. Sounds good. And I do have one uh, quick uh, thing to pass along today. Uh, Queen Elizabeth has passed away at the age of 96 years old. She was truly be missed by millions of people around the world. And, you know, it, it, it's so much. Uh, my heart goes out to her and to her family, to the royal family. The royal family. And, yeah, they're going to be in and, our thoughts um, and prayers. In Buckingham Palace. And I would truly... Um, you know, wish everybody love and peace as well. Amen. Amen. We appreciate it, James. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? All right. Sounds good on War Eagle. War Eagle. There's our good buddy James from Montgomery joining us on the program. All right. Time for our next break. We're back in a moment on Tiger 95.9 FM. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sports call au want more sports call check us out online at sportscallauburn.com 
All right, here we are. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with my good buddy, Brant Daughtry. Final segment of hour number one here. If you would like to be a part of the show, call us 334-887-3401 or toll free one 9 9 A lot of fun calls to get us going here on the show so far today. All right, we do this each and every day, but let's celebrate our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Oh, yes, it is. Birthdays in Sports, September 8th, 2022. Happy birthday, Matt Barkley, 32 years old. Matt Barkley is a current NFL practice squad quarterback for the Bills, selected in the fourth round of the 2013 NFL Draft by the Philadelphia Eagles out of the University of Southern California, has played for the Cardinals, Bears, Bengals, Panthers, and Falcons at USC. He was named second-team All-Pac-12 and won the Warful Trophy. Matt Barkley, 32 years old today. Good quarterback good, in college. Good, good in college. Hasn't really Ser- had much of a chance serviceable. in Serviceable. He does the backup quarterback job quite well yes. at the NFL level. I think yeah. that's what you could say about him. Uh, Amani Toomer is 48. Former NFL wide receiver for the New York Giants. Selected 34th overall in the 1996 NFL Draft out of Michigan. Super Bowl 42 champion. That's a good thing he to have on your He was one of uh, Eli Manning's top targets in their first Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Patriots. The Super Bowl where the Patriots were unbeaten and the Giants found a that way to was, win. Toomer was one of their top receivers that season. I think that is the first Super Bowl that I actually watched all the way through. Yeah, it was a good one. What a great a game that was. Amani Toomer now a member of the Giants' Ring of Honor. And again, a Michigan Wolverine. Uh, Matthew Delavidova. It's turning 32. Deli. Deli Deli, current NBA guard for the Sacramento Kings, went undrafted in 2013 out of St. Mary's, but signed with the Cavaliers and made the roster. He also played for the Milwaukee Bucks. He won the 2016 NBA championship with the Cavs. His number four jersey has been retired by the Gales. He's a bronze medalist for his native Australia during the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. I'll be totally honest. I thought he was still with the Bucks. Yep. Now he's uh, with the Kings. Unfortunate for Matthew him. Matthew Delavadova, 32 years old. Happy birthday, Deli. Maurice Cheeks is turning 66. He is currently an assistant coach for the Chicago Bulls and a former NBA point guard. Selected in the 1978 NFL Draft by the Sixers out of West Texas A&M. A one-time NBA champion. His number 10 jersey has been retired by the 76ers. He's been a head coach in the league, a four-time All-Star, and he's a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player. Mo Cheeks is turning 66 years old today. What, where did he go? West Texas A&M? West Texas A&M. So that's in Canyon, Texas. Yep. And in, in the spirit of Brooks Childress... I haven't heard of it before, Brand. I have also never heard of it. I'm looking for their mascot. Is it mascot. still in existence, you think? It does still exist. Okay. Their mascot is the Buffalo. They there you the go. West Texas A&M Buffaloes. Garrett Cole is 32 years old today. He is a current MLB pitcher for the Yankees. Five-time All-Star. 2019 ALERA leader. Also has played for the Pirates and Astros. Garrett Cole, 32 years old, an electric starting pitcher in the sport. Very, very good when he's healthy. I mean, very, very good. Yeah. Nick Hundley is 39, a former MLB catcher who played for the Padres, Orioles, Rockies, Giants, and A's. 
He's currently serving as a special assistant to the general manager for the Texas Rangers. Nick Huntley is 39 years old. And then finally, Bruno Fernandez is turning 28 years old. Current attacking midfielder for Manchester United. Fernandez is known for his goal scoring, playmaking, leadership, penalty taking, and work rate. Bruno Fernandez, again, an attacking midfielder for Man U, 28 years old England. today. That's English right. soccer, Premier League. That's right. Matt Barkley, 32. Very, very good team in the Premier League. Amani Toomer, 48. Matthew Delvadova, 32. Mo Cheeks is 66. Garrett Cole is 32. Nick Hundley, 39. And Bruno Fernandez is 28. A look at our birthdays in sports here today on September 8th of 2022. I'm JJ Jackson with Brant Daughtry on the program today. Final few moments here in hour number one. A lot of good phone calls as folks get set to look forward to Saturday's game between Auburn and San Jose State. And yep, we're counting down the days until uh, we could see more quarterback play, Brant, because that's what everybody wants to talk about with any football team and particularly this one. Yeah, for sure. And the the, the quarterback position is going to be in question. And hey, I tell you what, it may never be Auburn plays one quarterback for an entire close game. Uh, Brian Harson has made this two-quarterback system work before. Now, he made it work at Boise State. Will it work in the SEC? I don't know. Personally, I don't think it can. But, you know, prove me wrong. Uh, and, and here's the thing. He may just be going, we'll just see which one looks better until we have to make that decision. And uh, if, if he does, you know whatever you know it's 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 such a weird thing because you have two guys with incomparable skill sets right Robbie Ashford cannot do the things that TJ Finley can and TJ Finley cannot do the things that Robbie Ashford can those their skill sets don't overlap so it's all about you look at your guys you look at the team around them which offense looks better which offense is able to move the ball better and against Mercer Robbie Ashford did have a better game now I'll say again take out those two interceptions that TJ Finley had he had the best game of his career uh, he started eight of ten for a hundred yards and and uh, and a touchdown. You'll take that stat line in a, a quarter and a half of play ten times out of ten. But you know, again, those two interceptions they were bad, and that's what that's Game all people changers. want to talk about. It, it, turnovers you can't have that. Turnovers are bad. Not uh, recommended. No, no. Turnovers are bad if you're an offense. So. Uh, whoever can hold on the ball and make the offense run better, that is who's going to get. That is going to be whoever starts a quarterback, and it may be a two two QB system all year. Who knows? Yeah, and then the other part of that, Brant, as we get set for Saturday, how does the Auburn defense come up with turnovers? Yes, because they did not do that on Saturday against Mercer. They lost the turnover battle, and you don't want that to be a trend throughout the rest of the season. Here is a fun little stat for you. Tell me if I, I heard. Stat. I heard some. Uh, I heard some some people groaning about oh you you only got one sack against Mercer. Mercer Mercer is a very athletic quarterback and they ha- and they game plan to move that quarterback around. San Jose State playing Portland State who is an FCS team last week gave up 7 sacks in that game. Whew. Now I don't think I think that they are going to game plan again. They're going to try to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly and they're going to move that pocket around. But Gave up seven sacks against an FCS team. I expect Auburn to have some some more success in the pass rush. We'll see what happens. Auburn football coming back into your life on Saturday. Counting down the hours until that takes place. Alongside Brant Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry. Coming to you live here from our studios on South College Street. Auburn football taking on San Jose State on Saturday. If you would like to talk with us about the Tigers' upcoming game, you could do that by giving us a call, 334-887-3401. In 10 minutes, Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will be a part of our program, hosting the pre- and post-game shows for Auburn football, also the producer setting up the broadcast, one of the hosts for Tiger Talk, which is later tonight. You'll hear from head coach Brian Harson at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Colby Wooden will be there as well. Uh, exciting show coming up for Tiger Talk later tonight at 6 o'clock on FM Talk 93.9. It's good to kind of get back into the weekly Tiger Talk routine because, again, it means that Auburn athletics are back and happening it is it's, it's wonderful and i tell you what man uh, tiger talk does it right uh you get you got andy and brad on there and they're talking to you know you got but you're gonna have the head coach on there most weeks and you're gonna have some other head coaches not just the football coach right. not just the basketball coach we're gonna have a lot of head coaches on there and i think it's really cool for those guys to to be out there and and give kind of their pitch and say this is what we're doing with our program that you may not know about because it doesn't get broadcasted on national TV like uh, basketball and football do and uh, I think that's really cool and then you got players like uh, Colby Wooden going on the show players get a chance to come out there and and say here's where our team is from a player perspective here's where I think I am so uh, Tiger Talk's going to be great Tiger Talk is one of the one of those shows that that really does it right and uh, I I love listening to it every week. TJ Finley was on the program last week. Again, Colby Wooden today. And and you mentioned some of the other coaches. Melissa Llewellyn, the Auburn University women's golf coach, will be on uh, Tiger Talk a little bit later this evening as well. 334-887-3401 if you want to call in to be a part of our show. And then also tonight, Brent, we've got the start of the NFL season. Yes. The reigning Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, taking on the Buffalo Bills, who are the sexiest most popular Super Bowl pick coming out of the AFC yeah certainly epic matchup to start the year for sure uh, you got defending Super Bowl champs versus uh, Super Bowl favorites and I tell you I really do like the Bills I think their mm. offense is going to be explosive uh, their defense has a couple of question marks but I still think they're going to be pretty good the Bills have been long-suffering so they deserve to be re- really good they deserve a Super Bowl at some point um, and, and the uh I was about to say, oh, they're fans. Their fans are incredible. Yeah. I think they have the best fan base in Bill's the NFL. Bill's Mafia. I really do. Um, I think those guys are great. And uh, I think they deserve a Super Bowl. And I can't wait to see what – and I know this game's in L.A. tonight, so you're not going to be able to see the greatest and the best of Bill's Mafia uh, 
in LA tonight. But uh, it should be pretty fun. Should be pretty fun whenever. You know, if the Bills are really good this year and they do get a chance to go to the Super Bowl, playoff games in Buffalo, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Jumping on tables that are on fire. I mean, the Bills fans are just totally... They're they're nuts. They're a different breed. It's it's, it's very entertaining. They made a big offseason addition to that defense as well. As James called in and brought up earlier, Von Von Miller Miller. wins the Super Bowl a year ago with the Rams, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos against Cam Newton, was the second overall pick of the yeah. 2011 NFL Draft. One pick right after Cameron Jarrell Newton. And now Von Miller is about to start his first season playing for the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, somebody that now Matthew Stafford and that Rams offensive line have to be aware of coming off the edge. you, you got to be aware of Von Miller, even though he's not the, the absolute wrecking ball he used to be. He is still very good. And, uh, I, you know, he, he was the best defense. He was the best pass rusher in the NFL for several years there, and uh, you know he's going for another Super Bowl. Eight-time Pro Bowler, Very, Von Miller. It's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that is a lot of Pro Bowls. No doubt in about what, that. Uh, Twelve years. Is this his twelfth year in the league, or will it be his thirteenth? One of those two numbers. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, eight out of twelve. You'll take it. Eight yeah, out of eleven officially. Pretty, pretty solid yeah. numbers there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's take some phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 as we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. And Chris from Valley is there. It clearly went well earlier this week because our good buddy Chris has called back into the program. Good to hear from you, Chris. Hey, good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, um, so I'm not calling in about Auburn tonight. Um, NFL starts as you guys were just talking about. Um, very interesting things on the NFL side of things. Um, the the first things first. The Bills are favored to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna be honest, guys. They paper looks great, but I just don't see it happening. I I think it's too early. Injuries happen. Um, I, I love Von Miller. I, I just I don't know if they can get it done. I was looking at their their wide receiving core. Uh, I just don't think Josh Allen is going to have – I think with Cole Beasley being gone, um, who is the other wide receiver that they lost uh, from last year? I can't remember. Um, they, they, they traded I, – I can't remember. But I, I was looking, and Gabriel Davis is, is, the, is the number two guy this year, and I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to have – he's going to have the weapons. I think from a defensive standpoint, I think they look really good. But I just I – don't, I don't know. But what I really called in for is because I haven't got to talk to too many people about it. Um, but apparently Lamar's he's, Lamar's contract issue is not uh, resolved, and they're about to hit to a standstill point. And I just think it's crazy that Lamar is willing to go in and bet on himself. And I, I get it. I, I, I believe there's one thing for betting on yourself, but I also think there there's something called being smart. And I, I think stepping onto that field – I think without a new contract, it's probably one of the stupidest things you could do. And I'm not calling Lamar stupid by no means, but, I mean, you've got guaranteed money there. I mean, even if you don't get hurt on the football field, there, there's car accidents all the time. There, there's personal life. Um, and I want to get your guys' take on that because um, I, I just – Stephen A., I listen to Stephen A.'s point. Stephen A. had an excellent point. It's just – being betting on yourself is one thing, but you can't bet on the things outside of the football field. I mean, if something happens outside the football field, more or less it takes one wrong move. I've got buddies. I've got a professional fighter who's my best friend and business partner who tore his ACL um, 
in 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 sparring. I mean, and it just takes one those those movements in the leg. And you're a you're a mobile quarterback. So I just want to get your guys' take on that, and I've. Also, want to talk about the Braves afterwards, but I want to get the take on on Lamar. Yeah, let's let's keep this conversation going. Then this is great. Emmanuel Sanders was the other wide receiver for Buffalo a season exactly. ago. That that's uh, that's yeah. not coming back yeah. this upcoming year. But uh, yeah, Brad, I mean, look, Lamar Jackson, that guy's absolutely dynamic. Yeah. And we get into a world where quarterback contracts are so crazy all the time and it is going to be a gamble for him it's insane my my favorite take on the whole quarterback contract situation pat mcafee said this a couple of years ago when every time that the salary cap gets extended you expect that to fluctuate throughout the entire team it doesn't it just the quarterbacks just keep getting paid more and more and more (laughs) that is a good point but uh, and that's why it seems like every year or two there's biggest quarterback and biggest contract in nfl history because quarterbacks just keep getting more and more money but yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I'm with you. There's something to be said for betting on yourself and trusting that you will go out and produce the results that you need. Um, but there, there's also the fact that you're right. I mean, car accidents happen. You could get sick. You could get hurt in some other way. And not to mention the fact that you're playing football professionally. So, so it, it only takes one play to, you know, to tear your ACL or something doing that to, to keep you out for an extended period of time. But you know, it's interesting to me that his his stance on it is not that, you know, he can't negotiate. It's that he won't. He doesn't want to interrupt football with contract negotiations, and that's something that I really respect. Um, even if I I may not agree that, you know, I'm with you. There's a whole lot of guaranteed money sitting right there. Just you just have to sign your name, and there's several million dollars in your bank account. Um, but like you said, Lamar's betting on himself. He expects himself to to keep putting up MVP numbers. He already has an MVP to his name, and he's going into the season fully confident that, that uh, he'll be able to keep it up, and that's another storyline to follow for sure. Yeah, and and I'm going to be honest. I, I hope he has a wonderful year. I, I, I love watching him play. Um, I'm not a Ravens fan, um, but – just he brings a whole different dynamic. Even when he was with Louisville, he he brought a whole new dynamic. He's he's a different level. He's a different level of athlete for sure. I just you know, um, it, it's just crazy to it's crazy to think you know. And 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 props to him. I mean, if it goes well this year, he he's going to be looking at a whole. But they can franchise tag him for the next two years after this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's it gets so crazy, you know, and and all these guys coming off their rookie deal. I think about Baker Mayfield right now, what he's going through, the fact that he gambled on himself through all of those injuries, and then finds himself on the outside looking in with Cleveland's future plans. And Carolina hasn't necessarily committed to that next deal with him. So uh, all these quarterbacks trying to get that next setup and next paycheck is crazy. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and one more thing, guys. I don't mean to move on. Um, before we go to the Braves, I wanted to talk about uh, the Aiden Hutchinson clip. Did you guys get to see Aiden Hutchinson coming off the line against TJ Hawkinson for the for the Lions? I have not seen that yet, but I'll oh, look it up right now. Oh, man. He got blew off the ball by tight end. Wow. The Lions, yeah. If you watch the clip, you'll see. It is, it is incredible to, to see. I, I saw it earlier this week, and I was – if you can't find it, I'll see if I can't find it, and I'll tweet it at you guys. Um, but it, it is, yeah, man, it just seems like the Lions just can't catch a break. Um, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine today. Um, could have had Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, which he's questionable. He he got hurt. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the exact injury, but it's just the Lions, it just seems like 
the Jags, the Lions, it just seems like these teams just can't catch yeah. a break. We'll see. I know that Hard Knocks has been you know profiling the Lions a little bit, and we've seen some uh, nice clips in the show from Dan Campbell talking to Aiden Hutchinson, and you would just hope that it's learning where the tight end is at and that sort of thing and, and trying to improve from there. So I don't know that we can write them off just yet, but uh, yeah, it, it certainly was a kind of wild play to see. All right, let's get to the Braves, Chris, and then we got to get to an interview. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, I'm a little weary about the, the pitching is what worries me about the Braves. Okay. Interesting. I watched, yeah. I watched the series in Oakland. Um, the balls were flying out of the park. It was hot. I understand that. We went up six to one. Um, very next inning, we, we give up we give up four runs, go six to five. And then the very next inning, we, we, we score three more runs. We go nine to five. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. It's a late game. And then boom, we're we're nine to nine all the way to the very to the very end. And then it's the same thing yesterday uh, during the day game. It goes it goes they go up two oh two oh on first inning. Yeah, um, we kind of got rattled a little bit. We came back. I don't know. I just I have questions about our pitching. Um, if we if we get rattled like that against the Dodgers, um, and I'm a season ticket holder, so I love the Braves. But I'm a realistic fan, and and I have questions about it. I just I really do. And yeah. we're going in. We're going in October, and you know, the momentum's either going to be there, or it's not. And and I hope we get it right. Um, there's a lot to to be seen, and and I'm going to tell you guys, Seattle's not going to roll over for us. Seattle's no, it's going to be a good series this weekend. Yeah, it's going it's going to be tough. But I appreciate you guys taking my call. I know you guys got the interview. Love talking with you guys. Um, War Eagle, and uh, I'll probably talk to you guys next week. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Chris. That's our buddy Chris from Valley joining us there on the program. Yeah, for the Braves earlier this week, worst outing of the season for Kyle Wright. Just yeah, he, eight earned runs and four. In, like you, I, I don't know that we'll it. see that again. He didn't have it. I would it's like definitely, to think we won't see that again. Yeah, he, it, that, I think that was more the outlier than the norm for him. I, I don't think you're going to see too many of that from Kyle Wright. Look, he's, he's leading Major League Baseball in wins right now. Uh, and I understand that's not always indicative of, yeah. of what a, a pitcher can do, but I, I'm not super stressed about the Braves pitching. I still think Spencer Strider is one of the best young pitchers in the game. And Strider uh, fell behind 2 nothing in the first inning, like yeah. he's saying, but then he came back and yeah. settled in. Double-digit strikeout yeah. performance. He's money. He's he's money. He's money. He's money. I hope that... Uh, I wouldn't worry too much, but, you know, like you said, we'll we'll see when we get to It's a long, October. long season, and uh, the playoffs are right around the corner. All right, Brad Law joins us next here on Sports Call. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back in a Thursday edition of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. I'm J.J. Jackson. I've got Brant Daughtry here with me in the studio. Two-man booth today. J.J. and Brant the whole way. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola taste the feeling. All right, what we want to do right now is go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a very good friend of the program 
From the Auburn Sports Network, our good pal Brad Law, kind enough to be here with us as we get set for the second week of the Auburn football season. Brad, how are things going for you and your world, my friend? They are really good, J.J. Thanks for having us on. I'm going to try to match that energy level, and it shouldn't be too hard to do because I'm out here at Victory Grill where we're getting ready for Tiger Talk tonight at 6. So if you're listening to the podcast, which is presented by Coca-Cola, then you probably have missed Tiger Talk. But if you're listening live right now, then you've still got time to get out here at 6 o'clock and get your questions asked on the radio for Coach Carson and guests. And we're getting ready for week two. We're getting ready for San Jose State. We've still got three home games in a row after this. I mean, what really, if you're not excited, what's what's going on? What's going on in your life that you're not excited? Exactly. you got to be excited. It's football season. I've never asked this, and yet this is the perfect opportunity for me to as you're getting set for another show tonight. How are you able... To, I mean, this is a question we get asked a good bit ourselves anytime we go out on location. But Tiger Talk is coming up tonight, and I would imagine there's got to be a little bit of an urge to be having a delicious meal, but also balancing that you've got to talk and interview and, and go through an entire show. Are you are you cramming a meal in beforehand, afterwards? What's the typical routine? Well, that's why I'm here so early. We try to get here at uh, 4 o'clock. And again, if you're not listening live, just kind of bear with us. Um, try to get here at 4 o'clock and get everything set up so that by 5 o'clock you're in the clear to enjoy your delicious meal for 30 or 45 or 50 minutes. Um, and, and then, you know, you kind of buckle in and, and the show comes around at 6 o'clock. So the key is get there early so you can do everything and do it comfortably. And that's what I'm going to do. Although I may eat so much tonight, I don't know how comfortable I'll be. But uh, still, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> I love it. Again, Tiger Talk tonight at 6 on FM Talk 93.9 here in the area. Let's set it up. Let's talk Auburn football. And you're going to get a chance to sit down with the uh, the head coach of the Auburn Tigers and Brian Harson. What do you want to know? What, what jumps out to you? What intrigues you about this team going into week two? Well, on the football side, you know, I'm, I'm hoping tonight we have a little fun with non-football uh, discussion as well. But on the football side, um, you know, the, how many plays like the jet sweep option pitch are, are just kind of sitting up on the shelf waiting to be used? I love that play. The creativity, the discussions about the creativity on offense and, and how much more we may see against San Jose State. Um, so I think that's one of the things, his evaluation of the offensive line, his evaluation of the receivers and guys that are healthy, like Javarius Johnson, healthy, and Jarquez Hunter, healthy, and, um, guys on the offensive line that are healthy and in there. I think those are all really, um, those are positive for Auburn going forward. And then who impressed it defensively? We know Cam Riley had 15 tackles. Who are the other guys defensively that brought it in, in the first game? Brad, when, when speaking of that creativity on offense, it only took four plays for Robbie Ashford to get a snap in there at quarterback, uh, and he got in. He got rotated in there and obviously finished the game as the starter. Uh, do you think we're going to see more of that moving forward? Do you think that this two quarterback system is going to be something that Brian Harson tries to do for the remainder of the season, or do you think they're going to try to settle on one guy? Well, let me ask you a question: Have you ever had a bacon wrapped fillet? No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I can't say I have, but that sounds pretty good. Okay. It really does. Why does it sound so good? Because it's because two like things that are really good together. Exactly. And that's what I think you have in the quarterback situation. You know, why do you need bacon if you have a filet? You've already got your protein. You've already got your primary protein. Yeah, but you add a secondary one that adds a little sizzle, a little more flavor to it, and it takes it to an even uh, higher level. And I think that's what you have in the quarterback situation. Uh, we talk about quarterback competitions, and while it's true, guys battle to be the primary starter, the 
it's not like these guys become enemies when the season begins. We saw TJ celebrating Robbie's success. We saw Robbie celebrating TJ's success. At the end of the day, they both got the AU on their helmets, and they can be used to complement each other and heighten and bring a little sizzle to the offense. So to finally get around to answering the question, yeah, I think you're going to see a primary quarterback in TJ Finley, and then you'll see Robbie Ashford bring in a different skill set, some electric speed, and continue to complement the offense in a way that gives it a dimension, uh, a depth of flavor, if you will, that it didn't have uh, without both of those guys having a role in the offense. It's perfect. So to confirm this for me, Finley would be the filet and Ashford would be the bacon. Right, because I think TJ's the primary quarterback. He's the starting quarterback. He's he's going to, I expect anyway, for him to get the the bulk of the snaps. Um, You know, you you look at Robbie finishing the game at quarterback. He hadn't played a college game ever. He didn't play a college football game. He didn't get on the field at Oregon. So every snap you can get him in a game that's decided helps him in a game that's not decided down the road. Uh, So, yes, TJ would be the celebrity. And, and Robbie would be the bacon, which gives you a little extra sizzle in the skillet. It's remarkable stuff. Brad Laws here with us from the Auburn Sports Network. You can hear him pre- and post-game uh, with the Auburn Sports Network coverage of Tigers football all season long on FM Talk 93.9. What about the defense? You mentioned Cam Riley and every single tackle that he had, uh, which he had tons of them this past weekend. What else did you like about that Auburn defense? I like Nehemiah Pritchett as uh, one of the two corners. Nehemiah and Jalen Simpson, those guys kind of rotated, and they were tasked with slowing down Ty James, uh, the, the terrific Mercer receiver. And I know you guys talked about him last week in getting ready for that game. But his numbers from their first game were five targets, five catches, three touchdowns, nearly 200 yards, all in the first half. He was targeted six times against Auburn. He caught three passes and they weren't great yardage. Nehemiah Pritchett had two pass breakups in the game. Um, I would guess both of them were when they were targeting Ty James. Um, Nehemiah had a a size disadvantage, but he created leverage in other ways, and Auburn has those questions, like who's going to replace Jacoby McClain, Chandler Wooten? And Cam Riley had 15 tackles. Who's going to replace Roger McCreary? Nehemiah Pritchett had a big game with a couple of pass breakups and did a good job to neutralize a legitimate wide receiver threat with size and and uh, and all the talent you want in a receiver. So I would say he was the other guy besides Cam that kind of stepped up and stuck out to me. What's it like seeing Owen Papo back out there? Because, I mean, look, we, we hardly got to see him last year. And then we walk mm-hmm. away from the first game of the season talking more about Cam Riley with the numbers he put up. And, and here we are with Papo back, who's already a great talent in himself. Well, and I think you saw Cam put up the numbers he put up because of the stability in the middle with Owen. Owen's making the calls and putting people in position, and, and he's going to be where he's supposed to be on every play. And that allows Cam to use his leverage and get off of blocks and, and make some more plays. Owen's going to draw so much attention um, that other linebackers are going to be able to make the plays. And it was great to see him out there. And I think he had four tackles in the game on his own. Uh, so... You know, he's just steady. When he's healthy and he's in the lineup, Auburn's a better defense, significantly better. Brad, talk a little bit about the receivers and the job that they did on Saturday. I was sitting in the stadium and thinking, man, you know, there's 
there's some solid contributions, but nobody's really having any one massive game, and I'm okay with that because you're going to need a lot of different guys to step up. But then you look up at the stats, and Javarius Johnson has a 100-yard game. Shedrick Jackson caught uh, four or five passes in that game. Talk a little bit about the job that the receivers did on Saturday. Yeah, I think Javarius and Shed both had four catches each, um, and Javarius over 100 yards. He's Boy, his his decision to come back was big, wasn't it? I mean, the guy who dipped his toe in the in the transfer portal and then decided to come back. Um, he was a favorite target. If you go back and watch the those last games last year, South Carolina, Alabama, and, and Houston, when Darius was healthy and in those games, PJ targeted him. He's not big, but sometimes that allows him to get a little better separation. He's very quick, lightning fast, so you can throw him a short pass and let him do his thing, or you can go long and throw a dime to him. So I think that Javarius uh, deciding to come back was one of the biggest, maybe silent or, or least talked about benefits for this offense. And if he can, you know, he doesn't have to go get 100 yards every game. Teams are going to start keying on him a little bit better, and then does that open things up for somebody else? But I, I I was happy for Javarius, and I was happy to see him uh, produce the way that he produced in in this game. Used his speed to his advantage, caught the ball well. I thought Auburn's receivers as a whole, and I don't I don't have the box score in front of me. I don't remember a lot of drops in this game, and obviously that was a key last year, and that's a huge key this year for the receivers. Just catch the ball. You catch one or two uh, more balls a game versus drops, and you know, the completion percentage for the quarterbacks is going to go up five to ten points per game. Brad Law's here with us from the Auburn Sports Network at AU Brad Law on Twitter, a part of football coverage and the game day broadcast there for the radio crew. I, I got to ask this on Saturday against Mercer, we also saw quite a lengthy weather delay. What did you do mm-hmm. during that delay, Mr. Law? I watched other games and ate some food that was brought in from one of the hospitality areas, and, and we talked as a crew. Thankfully, we have a ton of great Auburn games that are archived, and so we tossed to one of those, and I think it was 2004 Tennessee in Knoxville, and we, we listened to Jason Campbell and Ronnie Brown and Carnell Williams, Ben Obamanu and Devin Aromashu and Courtney Taylor and Junior Rose Green. We listened to them do their thing for an hour and a half, and we just kind of hung out. In the, in the radio booth and waited for information to come across. It, uh, you know, as weather delays and late games go, it was not bad. There are a whole lot of worse places we could have been. How do you compare it to a, a baseball weather delay or something that you've, you've experienced before? Well, uh, logistically, like operationally, it's the same. That's kind of our go-to in weather delays is, is old broadcasts right. reliving some of, the, some of the great moments. Um, it was exciting on the first weekend. Like, it frankly didn't bother me all that much because we had other games going on that sure. were interesting to watch. You have those in baseball, too, but the pace is just different. Right. Um, and baseball is, you know, the, the pace anyway is just a little bit slower and um, lends itself to slower waiting, I guess, is a, is a way to say it. And uh, with football, they're you know, flipping the channels, three, four different games that we were watching, and it really was not bad at all to me. I don't, maybe I don't speak for the rest of the crew, but it was fine. What can we expect from Tiger Talk tonight? Give us a give us a rundown of what's taking place this evening. Sure, Melissa Llewellyn's going to talk Auburn women's golf. They open their season next week in Minnesota. Been an active summer for the women's golfers, and she'll fill us in on the, on that. Uh, then Coach Harson will be here live and in person on the stage, and uh, we welcome 
fans questions about football and, and other stuff, too. You know, he's got a lot of interest outside the game, cars and uh, wakeboarding and might have done a little acting, too, as we saw over the, over the summer with, uh, <laughs> with the Top Gun video. Um, but anyway, we welcome those questions. And we're going to have Colby Wooden, uh, one of the defensive leaders on the team. He's going to be with us, and he's got a lot of charisma and personality. And glad to be able to talk to him without the helmet on, get to know Colby as a person, so that you root for Colby, the, the young man, and not just the guy in the AU helmet. And then at 3.30 Central Time on Saturday, coverage starts with the Tiger Tailgate Show, and uh, folks will be able to hear your voice. How much of the show can you uh, tease for us here today, Brad? Well, uh, Nick Brahms is going to be on the show. Look at that. This weekend. Coach yeah, Brahms. Nick Brahms is going to be there. Benji Rowland will be on the show with us uh, on Saturday. Uh, Karen Hopper will talk soccer with us up on the stage. Jason Bray, former Auburn defensive back, uh, will be with us as well, and uh, may have another surprise or two before the uh, before the week is over as we book the show, even until late on Friday some weeks. So it, I, I'll tell you this, there'll be a lot of football talk and a lot of reminiscing and a lot of fun, and hopefully people will have it on as they get ready for the game Saturday, and it will enhance their game day experience. Can't wait. We'll be listening all to it. I appreciate the time today, Brad. Have fun at Baumhauer's tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon, all right? My pleasure. War Eagle, guys. Talk to you later. War Eagle. That's our good pal Brad Law joining us here on the program today. Tiger Talk a little bit later at uh, Baumhauer's Victory Grill. And you, of course, can listen to Tiger Talk on one of our radio stations within the Tiger Communications family. Switch over to FM Talk 93.9 for Tiger Talk at 6 o'clock. Let's take a timeout. Sports Call continues in a moment. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson hanging out with my buddy Brant Daughtry. The two of us. I'm a buddy. Handling Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. You are indeed a buddy. You're my buddy, man. I'd try my best. Um, we just talked with Brad Law. We did. It was very delightful. Bradford. He, uh, he doesn't know it yet, but that whole like bacon-wrapped uh, bacon filet, that's going to be a commercial for Sports Call uh, yeah. starting tomorrow. That was really good stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of an analogy. I'm Never serious. heard that one before. I, that was very good. Yeah, yeah. I, and uh, that's you're going to hear, you're, you people are going to hear that again on yes. your radio at yes. some point. Um, he's got a point. I have had a bacon-wrapped filet. Have you? Is it good? It's phenomenal. I mean, it's just... Holy cow. Yeah. You already love an amazing filet. It sounds And then he's good. right. You put bacon around it? Come on. How did you, how did you like, how did you wrap it in bacon? Was it just like, uh, like wrapped, like tape wrapping something? Yeah. Or was it I like, mean, there's an did establishment you, like, that's known the... for it uh, here locally. And, and, you know, it just, it's around the base of the filet. What's it's the just, establishment? It's, it's Big Mike's. It's, okay, it's okay. the base of the filet. It's, okay. it's quite delicious and delightful. I still have not been to Big Mike's. Yeah. I, I need we an excuse to go. That. We could change that. I need that. an excuse to go. Um, but that's a good analogy. I mean, look, it, 
people are so weary about this two quarterback system. And I guess truthfully, I want to. I mean, everybody want it's one game. Every yes, but yes. You want to see how much of a two-quarterback setup you truly have yeah. when you get into those bigger games against a Penn State or against SEC competition. Yeah, and I think what Brad said is going to stick true. You're, the bulk of the quarterback snaps are going to go to TJ Finley, and Ashford's going to come in as kind of a change-of-pace guy. And I think that's perfectly respectable. I think that that's, that's something that I could very much watch. It's kind of like, kind of like an extended wildcat kind of thing. Um, and if at some point... It just looks like, hey, when we run the base offense with Robbie, it works a little bit better than I expect Robbie to take over. But right now it looks like that that's not going to be the, the situation. And, of course, we're talking about stuff that's way in the future. We play San Jose State Saturday, and that's that should be more the focus, I think. And we will be able to see how much both of those quarterbacks yes. play uh, we will have a whole Saturday. other game. We'll have a whole other 60, 70 we'll snaps get more opinions to on, talk about on, the offense. On both quarterbacks. And, and how they fare and that sort of thing. I just, I don't know. I mean, let's make a, per, like, let's get to, <laughs> say, the first road trip to Georgia. Okay? Yeah. Five home yeah. games and then a road trip to Georgia. Are two quarterbacks playing in the Georgia game? I, I just don't, I don't think know. so. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I, ask me again after the, the Missouri game. Ask me, ask me again after the Missouri game, and I'll have a better answer for you. But That's right now, my answer—I'm asking my you answer to is give I don't me know. an answer right now. Oh well, you That's keep asking me to do answer. that, and I'm telling you, I don't have the information I need. Okay. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to say <laughs> I don't—I I just don't think it happens. All right. That's that's fair. That's a fair prediction to make because, look, we've seen it before. Like two quarterback systems don't typically work. You typically want the one guy. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's the that's the old coach speak adage. But you know, if it works out, it works out. I, I've said it before. I don't care how you win, just that you do. So, I like winning. You like winning. Yeah. Auburn fans like winning. Uh, and we like winning phone calls. 334 887 3401 if you want to call in and be a part of the program. I do like winning. Yeah. It's fun. It's better than the alternative. It's absolutely. Listen, <laughs> it is man, absolutely it, better than the alternative. It's not about winning, it's about having fun, and it's no fun to lose. <laughs> you were right about that. That's. that's it, no one likes losing. Yeah, no one. Let, no one let's, uh, you have significantly more fun when you win. Right. Um, could you imagine having to sit through a rain delay and then losing the game? <laughs> it's Yes, because I've done it several times. That would just not be fun. I, I sat through several rain delays in high school. That would just not be fun. That like it was like a 30-minute interrupt, interruption in getting our teeth kicked in. But <laughs> there's... Did you play in any lightning delay games in your high school career? I'm trying to remember. The one that really sticks out, I didn't play in this one. It was my sophomore year. We traveled to a, a, a place called Brooks County, which is on the southern border of Georgia. So it was like a two-hour bus ride. It flooded the second we got there, uh, and it delayed this. It delayed kickoff by about an hour. Um, so, rain, so not in, in the middle of the game rain delay, but uh, it delayed kickoff for that game. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we got our teeth kicked in. That was a very, very ugly game from us. Uh, and like I said, I, I didn't play in that game or I didn't I didn't get any first team reps in that game because this is my sophomore year. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what comes to mind is Brooks County. But we played them at our stadium the next year. Right. 
and it was and, no better. And no rain it delay. Was no, and no rain delay, uh, but the score was still not great. Sheesh. Man. <laughs> Friday Night Lights, uh, and we get to have Friday Night Lights on a Thursday. Yeah, we do. For a couple of teams tonight. We've got um, Borgard in action taking on Tallahassee. You were at the coaches show last night, Brant, and you were talking about a number of different teams that are actually playing their games this evening as opposed to yeah. tomorrow. Several teams in the area uh, have pushed them up. Uh, the one, uh, like you said, Beauregard. Uh, Brooks Childress is actually on his way to Beauregard now, I think. I wonder if he's listening to us. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, but it's... Yeah, I, I played... <laughs> go Again, going back to my high school days, I played a game on Thursday and I played a game on Saturday. Uh, one was my sophomore year, one was my junior year. And they're both just weird. It's like it's not. Was rain the reason for both? No, no. It, it, like when the schedule was released, we were playing on those days. Wow. And I, th- one of them was because at the time, we shared our home field with another school, and we couldn't uh, make it match up to where we we were home and they were away on the same week for all ten weeks. So we moved our game uh, to either the Thursday or the Saturday. I think we moved it to Thursday because the Saturday game we played was away. Um, and that was, I don't know why we played that game on a Saturday. But it just happened. It just happened. But it we won happened. that game, though. It's first game of the year. First game of the year. And we on won a it. Saturday. On a Saturday. Yeah. Man, there you go. What was that? It was in Macon. It was one of the Macon schools. I can't remember what the name of the school was, but. Yeah. Is, I'm not uh, going to be able to help you out. No, I, know I don't you're know not. too many Macon schools. I know you're not. Is there a Macon High School? I don't think so. Yeah. I think, there, I think if there is a Macon High School, it's like they're directional. Right. Like Macon. East. North north side of Macon, something like that. I don't, yeah. I don't think there is. Yeah. Let's try know. to get a phone call. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 if you want to call in and be a part of the program. Auburn football taking on San Jose State on Saturday from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Second game of the season for the Tigers after a 42-16 win against Mercer. The wide receivers were fun. I mean, it was it was awesome to see them have uh, the big games that they had. Talking about J.J., talking about Shedrick Jackson. Um, you know, we saw uh, Tavares Dawson make a couple of plays out there. Malcolm Johnson getting involved in some sweet sweep actions. Uh, we had, like, I think probably seven different guys have a rushing attempt, Brant? I think so. Yeah. I think so. They made it very clear that they want to lean on rushing the ball, but that doesn't mean they're going to run inside zone 40 times a game. Uh, it doesn't mean that Tank Bigsby is going to get 30 carries a game. It means that they are going to run the ball in fun and in creative ways. They're going to get athletes in space without having to put the ball in the air. And I love I love that. I love that creativity. Uh, while Tank is going to be the feature back, if you can hold him under 25 carries a game, you're going to get a lot more out of him, I think. Even even if, you know, you are kind of beating your head against the wall uh, at some point if you're just handing the ball off to one guy 30 times a game. Unless they're having the Trey Mason type game where he goes for 10 yards a carry and on 30 carries. That's that's pretty impressive, but those games are few and far between. So I think if you can rotate your backs in, if you can get the wide receivers, we ran so many speed sweeps. Four different wide receivers had a rushing attempt toward the numbers. Yeah. Here we go. 16 carries for Tank Bigsby for 147. Six for Ashford for 68. Solid. Eight for Hunter for 34. Eight carries resulting in three touchdowns. Yes. Johnson, two carries for nine yards. Alston, four carries for eight yards. Or nine yards, excuse me. Damari. Coy Moore, one carry for eight. Dawson Jr., one carry for six. Malcolm Johnson Jr., one carry for three. 
Finley two carries for one. So uh, math, there nine different players yeah. had a carry statistically. And to be fair, those TJ Finley carry, carries were not designed; they were just him scrambling and avoiding sacks. Right. And, you know, I. <laughs> It, it's athletes in space, man. That's how you win football games. Is you you make all the bad guys group in one spot, and then you go somewhere else. Yeah. That's that's all football is. Football is a simple game. You just got to break it down to concepts. And uh, I, I think that that's what this running game is going to try to do. Which is fine to see them yeah. kind of. If you're going to throw people. the ball, throw it to the guy where nobody's around him. There is, I saw that a couple of times too. It's football is simple. The X's and O's are what's hard, but the concepts are easy. And let's see if uh, Auburn can keep playing simple football on Saturday when they take on San Jose State. Should be fun. Should be a fun one. Six thirty starts that you can listen to on FM Talk 93.9. primetime starts, and then the biggest game of the early season, and it's at 2 in the afternoon. Yep. CBS Thanks, next week CBS. for Auburn and Penn State. Auburn will be year. televised on ESPNU on Saturday. We've reached the end of hour number two of Sports Call here today. Alongside my buddy Brant Daughtry, my name is J.J. Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Brant Daughtry on the program here as we get going for our last hour of Sports Call for today's show. And then we've got one show due up tomorrow and then another Auburn football game as the Tigers take on San Jose State coming up on Saturday. Off day for the Atlanta Braves. They will be back in action in Seattle this weekend. The Falcons play the Saints to open up the NFL season. You can listen to that game here on 95.9 FM. And then, Brant, we've got high school football tonight with the Beauregard Hornets. Football. Love a lot school. of it. Love high school football. A lot of it. And uh, you can listen to that game starting at 7 o'clock kickoff here on Tiger 95.9 FM as Beauregard takes on Tallahassee. We want to take your phone calls and talk about anything and everything in the wide world of sports to be a part of the program, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 at tiger 9 Let's go to the phone lines. Our next caller due up on the program today is... Russell from Auburn. Russell has called into Sports Call today. Hello, friend. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Very well. Very well. Good to hear from you. 
Well, what do y'all want to know? Any and everything. I mean, what about this Braves team? A, a half game behind the uh, the New York Mets after their doubleheader? I mean, it uh, looks like I saw earlier today the, the Braves are – 57% favorites, I think I saw somewhere, to win the division. Uh, it, it's just amazing the run that they've kind of been on. Yeah, and I, I don't know that I buy that. Um, I, I think that they're doing great, obviously. I mean, 60, was it 62 and 24 since June 1 in that team meeting? And uh, I mean, the Mets haven't been terrible, but. You know, we've made up almost 11 games on them, so it's it's kind of crazy that they're the best team in baseball over the last few months and still technically not in first place, but it doesn't get really any easier. Um, the Braves' schedule is harder this month. I mean, let's just be honest. If you look at the Mets' schedule, it, it's, it's, it's pretty weak. I mean, I don't know that they play. They play maybe a couple teams, and those are the Phillies and the Braves over the last – months of the season that are over 500 I mean everybody they're playing is pretty terrible so even with the injuries that they've got with putting Scherzer on the IL and and whatnot I, I just I don't know that I, I honestly if the Braves can just keep it within a couple games and get them at home for that second to last series of the year and and sweep them that's probably what it's going to come down to um and that'll be great for baseball. It'll be great for baseball in general. It'll be great to watch a meaningful series play out to win the division. Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to is that last three games between the Mets and the Braves as to who wins the division. Because then they both play – I think the Braves play the Marlins and the Mets play the Nationals the last three games of the year. So it's going to be that second-to-last series between them at Truist Park that – in my opinion, is going to decide the division because I think the Braves can keep it close. I don't know that. I mean, the Mets have been losing this in terror. I mean, they lost what three in a row to the Nationals and then one to the Pirates. Yeah, you know, so that's they're not doing themselves any favor any favors by losing to those teams. But the rest of their schedule is a lot easier than what the. I mean, the Braves. This is this is a good Seattle team that they're going to have to play well this weekend. Not saying that they won't because they've been playing well, but that's a good Seattle team, and then off to a giant team that's. Technically, still for a wild card spot. Yeah, Russell, I think the. Well, you know, West Coast trips normally aren't places where the Braves go and, and dominate. So it's going to be tough to get, you know, to get going here on the West Coast. Yeah, you know, I think the Braves' schedule is pretty tough. Uh, I, I think that they're going to they're gonna have to play really well to be competitive. But here's the thing I think you have three series with the Mets left in the final 20-something games. Am I right, JJ, on that? Three games. Three yeah. ga- okay, yeah, three yeah, games. Yeah. Okay, I thought you had three. I thought no, you had nine not left. Three, the just three well, total games left yeah, with the e- Mets. Either yeah. way, if you can get it to that last series against the Mets, meaning something, uh, that that's really all you're going for because you get them in Atlanta. You beat, you took two out of three the last time you were in Atlanta. You need to get to that final series with, with the division still on the line. And if you can pull that off, I kind of like the Braves' chances. And I agree, and that's what I'm saying is that last series, I feel like it's going to be what determines it. And and let's be honest, the Braves right now, and you know, you, you look at games in baseball and you're like, oh, it's a 162-game season, and, you know, these games that they lose early in the season don't really matter. It matters. 
it, every game, it's crazy in baseball how when you're in a division race like this, every game matters. The Braves' head-to-head record with the Mets right now is seven wins, nine losses. That's the difference between being in first right now ahead or being behind by half a game. Totally you fair. Know, that, that flips to nine and seven, you know, then they're in first place. So that head-to-head matchup, if they sweep them, they go ten and nine, they win the season series, and they're in first place. And, and that's really what it's going to come down to is the head-to-head matchup between the Mets and the Braves. And honestly, who wouldn't want it to be any other way? You know, I mean, if you're going to win, you need to win and beat one of the best teams in baseball. And let's be honest, the Mets are one of the best teams in baseball. So, But the Braves are too, you know. And I, I'm, I'm really happy to see the Braves do as well as they are with as many unknowns going into the season, especially with all these rookies. I mean, Spencer Strider – and I know there's a lot of talk about Michael Harris, but Spencer Strider has to be the rookie of the year. I just, I don't, he's going to hit 200 strikeouts. He's going to pitch in 20, or make 22 or 23 starts this year and hit 200 strikeouts. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And the guy is just, I mean, looking at him with those two pitches, who else does that remind you of? I mean, he's our version of Jacob DeGrom. I mean, DeGrom can dominate with a fastball and a slider. And that's all Spencer Strider has to do is roll out there and throw a fastball on a slider. And he looks like a younger, possibly just as good, and I'm not trying to compare him to DeGrom, yeah. but he's, he, he has the potential to be a DeGrom for the Braves for a really long time. So I think it's a no-doubter that he's got to be Rookie of the Year. And then you've got Austin Riley. Matt Olson's going to end up with 30 homers, 100 RBIs. Obviously, Riley's going to be right there at it. And Dansby's going to end up with 100 RBIs. He keeps playing the way he's – so, you know, Vaughn Grissom, what do you do with him when you got Ozzie Albies back? Yeah, you know, what do you do with that kid? You get him in the lineup, even if he's got a DH. Oh, and by the way, we've done all this practically without Ozzie Albies, who is a perennial all-star second baseman, maybe one of the best in the game. And Ronald Acuna is not 100%. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, this so – team's it, good. It's amazing how deep the team is, how deep the farm system that supposedly isn't one of the best. Everybody they bring up from AA has produced this year, so it's amazing. But anyway, I'll talk a little bit about Auburn football. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think about this quarterback situation? Well, I, I think he's doing the right thing. I, you know, I, obviously we've all grown up hearing this from high school to college to the pros. you got to have one quarterback or you don't have a quarterback. I don't really technically think that that's how football is nowadays. It would worry me, and I heard—I think I heard Ryan or somebody say this, it would worry me if they both had the same skill set, but they're different quarterbacks. So I think it's, it's what you have to do in these first – you know, wait, uh, practice games, if we call them that. You know, these, this is practice. This, and I, and I had a, I had a meeting today with Kiwanis Club, and Mark Murphy spoke, and he said some really good stuff about you know, practice and whatnot. This, practice is different than what it used to be. You know, Shug Jordan or Pat Dye would be rolling over in their grave if they saw the way practice is in the fall. <laughs> they used to pound each other in practice. Well. They've gotten away from that. Even, you know, Tuberville and Gus Malzahn, that, this whole era of Auburn football has changed the way they practice in the fall. There's no more two-a-days, and NCAA has done that. But they don't really tackle a lot. I mean, honestly, they don't. So this is almost like, you know, they have a couple scrimmages, but that's it. You know, they don't really hit a lot in practice. They have shells and they practice, but it's not like, 
practice used to be back in the day. And so these games are – and that's kind of why I'm not surprised that we missed a couple tackles. You know, I mean, not a couple. They missed a lot of tackles, to be honest. They missed a lot of opportunities to sack the quarterback. And not to take any way – that quarterback was actually pretty decent for an FCS team. I thought he played pretty well. But this is kind of their first real action. They need to get their feet wet. I would hate to have opened up the season against Penn State <laughs> because – they just they need to get their feet wet. So your expectations have to be patience. You know, you, the, the Auburn fan base needs to have some patience. But that Penn State game, to me, is the turning point of the season. If they play well, if they look good, and they win the game, obviously that's the most important thing, then we can really get excited about what's coming up. But if they don't play well, and they don't look good, and they lose that game, I think it's going to be a long season. Yeah, and it's just it's that's the third game of the year. That's what's a little crazy is is uh, you hate to just ride off a season entirely after the third game of the season. But there's total validity to what you're saying, man. That it's just such a big game. The stakes are pretty high, and it really could tell you so much about what to come the rest of the way. Yeah, you got it, man. All right, guys, y'all have a good one. War Eagle. Appreciate the call. That's our good buddy Russell from Auburn joining us there on the program. What'd you like about what he had to say? <laughs> it isn't very often we get somebody calling into this show and saying, hey, man, we need to have a little more patience. <laughs> yeah. So I, I respect that. I, I think Russell's right. You know, I. It's a nice man. change of pace. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And it, he's saying, look, just give Arson time, you know? And I, I've. I'm not going to sit here and, and bang the drum saying hey, I think Brian Harson's the best coach in college football. I think he's good. I'm not I'm not in or out on Brian Harson yet, but uh, you know I I like a lot of what I've seen. He has not given me a reason to to say I'm ready to kick him to the curb yet. Uh, and you know it, and and like Russell said and, and I said this earlier in the show, it, two different quarterbacks, man. You you've got Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley are two very very different guys, and and you're gonna need to you're gonna need to see some. Uh, you're going to need to see how the offense looks with both of them. And going to the to the Braves conversation that we had, um, he talked about what do you do with Vaughn Grissom. I actually uh, heard on the radio broadcast the other day, uh, Vaughn Grissom has been working with Eric Young uh, playing out in left field. So I think that's the plan with him when you bring back Ozzy Albies. And then you go, well, what do you do with Eddie Rosario? Well, uh, Ryan's talked about it on the show. Eddie Rosario just hasn't looked the same this season. Uh, Vaughn Grissom has frankly looked a lot better, uh, and he's looked better than Ronald Acuna Jr. Ha- or not Ronald Acuna, but uh, Marcelo Zuna has. But uh, so I think that is the plan moving forward yeah. with Vaughn Grissom. And we've Von heard Grissom, that from both Kevin yeah. McAlpin and Ben Ingram when yeah. they've been guests on our show this week. And they've you know they've all uh, find it, ways to keep your best players in the lineup. Yeah, you can Va- make it Von happen. Vaughn Grissom has played the outfield before. It's not his natural spot, but it's a spot he can play. So uh, you know, I think the uh, I think the chance I think the chance for him to play is go to the corner outfield spot and let's see what happens. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one to be on Sports Call. Next up, Jeff from Columbus. Jeff has called into the program. Hello, Jeff. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Very well. Thanks for asking. Man. Great, great. Russell, uh, Russell kind of stole my thunder, but that's okay. Russell's Russell's a lot smarter than I'll ever be, especially about <laughs> baseball. Goodness gracious! I've never seen anybody love baseball like that. He and man, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but let me tell you, my brothers are, and they always tell me to stop rooting for the Braves because every time I start paying attention again, <laughs> they end up losing. And I'm telling you, I am 
I, the reason that they're doing so well is because I have I don't pay attention. Oh, keep I it that way attention. then, please. Yeah, yeah. You, we'll we'll tell you what happens. You you just keep the TV okay. off. You all do. You all do. So, but hey, man, let's see. If you all, if you all knew Brian Harson was going to come into Auburn, if that was his forte at Boise State or wherever he was, and said we're going to run a two quarterback system. Do you think they would have hired him? Probably not. Right? Because it – don't you think this is – and like you say, he's probably not going to run a two-quarterback system. Right? Because usually when you run a two-quarterback system, and Georgia did it with Kevin Green and D.J. Shockley, Spurrier's done it several times, okay? But it's usually when you have two quarterbacks that are good. You know what I'm saying? You want it well before transferring stuff like that. You didn't want any one of them to uh, DJ Shockley. He Kevin Green was going to be the quarterback, but Shockley was good, and he did. He added a different dynamic. But so they they started them, or, or they rotate, they rotate. But doesn't aren't Auburn's two quarterbacks transfers from other schools? Yes, they are. They are. So uh, they probably weren't starting there, right? Uh, TJ Finley. TJ so, Finley was an, was kind of the, was the backup who got who started most of the season when he was a freshman at LSU. But uh, Robbie Ashford did not play at all at Oregon. No. Right, and so these two guys. So do you, what I guess what I'm getting at is, do you are these the two? This is what Auburn has to choose from, is two guys that left, did not make starting jobs at their previous schools. And right. Ro- Robbie Ashford Am did I- only have one year, but yes, he was not the starter at Oregon in that year. Two years. Two years for Ashford. Yeah, he, was, he was a redshirt one year, right. right. Okay, so, so they're not five-star quarterbacks. So I guess what I'm getting at is – he running the two quarterback system out of desperation or by design? I think it's by design. I think TJ Finley, I, again, I think TJ Finley is the main quarterback. I think what Robbie Ashford, I think the plan right now uh, for Robbie Ashford is to kind of be an extended, more complicated version of the Wildcat. Uh, and I think he, I think you'll see it more than you see the standard Wildcat. But I think TJ Finley is quarterback one. And Robbie Ashford's going to come in and and be that change of pace guy. And and um, you know it, it kind of it happened with Malzahn. What he played three quarterbacks against Clemson. Yeah, right? that that and was then, that was a disaster. I'm not calling that a game plan. That was uh, no. <laughs> talked about that before. Yeah, exactly. But then they finally did decide on one. Right. 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 So I'm wondering, is this does Auburn need two more weeks of practice? more so than every other college team in football? I think when you have two guys that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack but not each other, I think game film can help you make that decision. Okay, and just like Russell said, what if they had started out with Penn State? Or That would have been a lot tougher. Yeah, and so I'm just – we're going to find out. But you know what? I heard you all saying what they're putting Penn State and Auburn on 
Is it CBS? At CBS 330? at 3.30 that, that Eastern, 2.30 the, the SEC Central. game of the yeah. week. Right. But, okay, and I think you all got San Jose State, Penn State. Then Missouri and State, LSU. Ohio. Okay. Is Missouri LSU, is it 7? They haven't set the uh, the kickoff times yet for Missouri and for LSU. After this week, we'll get the Missouri kickoff time. Okay, but I was just saying, but are Auburn, I know Auburn's not. Penn State is not in the top 25, are they? No, they are not. Okay, so that explains probably the 330 kickoff. I'm surprised it's actually on CBS, but it sounds like a great game. Well, it's definitely a helmet matchup, you know. It's two two very yeah. historically successful programs that are that may not have the best year, or may not be projected to have the best year, but certainly could shock some people. I could see LSU, I could see Penn State doing that. Okay, and okay, and Russell brought it up. You know, it could be devastating. It could be a you know a season changer and stuff like that. But it kind of reminds me when uh, LSU and uh, Auburn played. And one of the coaches was going, and it ended up being less mild. You think that that's yeah. a possibility? I mean, James Franklin isn't on the best. I mean, I know he signed a – well, did he actually take a, a – nah, he didn't take a reduction or anything, but he, I think he was up. But he's not on – you know, Penn State's getting leery of them. You think this could be a point like that? I don't think Malzahn. I, I don't think Malzahn would be gone at the, or not Malzahn, but uh, I don't think Harson would be gone after this game because remember in in uh, 2016 I think yeah. it was they fired they fired Les Miles the day after. Uh, I don't think right. that's going to happen here, but I definitely think that think that uh, if the season goes bad and it starts here, you could definitely point back to this game as one of the two coaches being fired. Right, and, and, and well, and, and, and like I say, that Russell just brought it to my attention, or when he said that, I go, yeah, that's exactly like the LSU, and I think it was early in the season, too. It was. If I'm not mistaken. It was. Yeah, so. All right, I'm going to let you all get to somebody else. It's good to talk to you all. You all have a great day, and... Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay. Jeff. All right, that's our buddy uh, Jeff from Columbus joining us there on Sports Call. 334-887-3401. Steven from Salem is on Sports Call now. Steven, we appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I can't talk for a while, but I just wanted to uh, pose a question of, you think maybe they have to play two quarterbacks just because of trying to recruit the players that are already on the team with NIL and transferring, that maybe they want to play the quarterback you know, more, more often just to make sure that they're still keeping them on the team. I think that that can be an argument in certain cases. I don't think it is the the argument for the one that Auburn is specifically in because both of these guys have already transferred once, and if they were to transfer again, they would have to sit out an extra year, and I don't think either of them wants to do that because they both use their red shirts as re- already as well. Okay. It is a fair yeah, thought, though. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Give us another call sometime soon. That was fun. Stephen from Salem joining us there on the program. I like when we get new callers. New co- every football season. Well, I say every football season. This is my second football season. But Every football season. <laughs> I'll say it for yeah. you. You've been doing this a lot longer. A lot every longer. football yeah. season. Yeah, Bring new on callers. the newbies. We yeah. love it. Thanks like for the callers. call, Stephen. Good to hear from you. All right, let's take our next time out here on Sports Call.
Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson and Brandon Daughtry here inside our studios. Coming up at 6 o'clock, the Lindy's football report. SEC football report getting you set for Beauregard football. It'll lead you into that broadcast at 6.30. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of fun things happening here in the life of Tiger Communications. Hornets taking on Tallahassee tonight. And then we've got Smith Station and Enterprise tomorrow We've got NFL tonight, Bills and Rams. Going to be a fun one. And then some other great college football games, including Alabama and Texas. Or Earlier in the week, Chris called in and was saying, hey, I don't even know if 20 is a, a fair enough spread for that Alabama and Texas game. Where do you feel? I feel like Texas is going to get dog walked. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I, I don't. I that don't was where the conversation was going. That maybe Tennessee was a little bit. Or excuse me. Maybe twenty Tennessee. Yeah. Maybe twenty <laughs> was was too small of a I, margin. How about this? The Tennessee will put up a better fight than Texas will. That's that's my thoughts on this. I, I just <laughs> fair. Both of them the whole the whole Texas yeah. is back narrative is is a meme unto itself at this point, and I, I just. I have no trust in what Steve Sarkeesian has built. I he doesn't sound exactly super confident. Uh, he's talking about it like it's a it, you know a, a, a high school preseason game. You know we're gonna get some guys out there. We're gonna get some stuff on film. We're gonna see how the guys react. No, dude, this is one of the best hel- possible helmet matchups in the history of college football. Yeah, like Alabama and Texas historically to step up to the play. I like that inc- you call them helmet matchups. Yeah, yeah, I that's heard not that in a while. That is not an original. Uh, yeah, that is not an original thought. So I've I heard just that hadn't elsewhere. heard it in a while. I like yeah. that. But it, but I mean, Texas and Alabama, man, is two juggernauts of college football. But the difference is that Alabama has maintained their upward trajectory uh, to become the greatest dynasty in the history of the sport, and Texas has not done that. Uh, Texas has been. Pretty bad ever since Colt McCoy broke his leg. Where are you at with Florida and Kentucky? That's taking place on Saturday. Florida and Kentucky. Where is that game being played? That's a great question. I think... Let me confirm. Lexington or Gainesville? I'll say this. I I am super impressed by what Florida did in beating Utah. I think Florida is ahead of schedule. Um, I don't... It's in Gainesville. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to to get to Florida then. Um, number was, twelve, Florida. Number twenty, Kentucky. Yeah, I think I think Florida is a better team than Kentucky. I am not a big believer in Will Levis at least right now. I think he I, I think he has all the tools he you could ever want in an NFL quarterback or a a college quarterback for that matter. But I, I just don't think that he's I, I don't think that he's put it all together, and I don't think he's going to. I think he's been doing this long enough for me to go. I just don't know if he's ever going to put it all together. And Anthony Richardson at quarterback for Florida. That Looks guy hit I me. Mean, golly, really he's good plays, man. He's he's a freak athlete. He's a man. large person, and, and he's, yes. 
And yeah, it's just, you can't bring them down. No, no. And look, the Pac-12 got embarrassed by the SEC last week. And I don't think it's fair to compare Utah defense to Georgia or Alabama or Auburn for that matter, or most of what Florida is going to see in the SEC. That said, taking down the number seven team in the country is impressive, especially in the first game of a new regime with a quarterback who played some last year, didn't really start. So very excited to see what Florida does. I I think that that loss was more about Utah than it was Florida. It's still very impressive for Florida nonetheless. But I am and I am going to give them the game over Kentucky. South Carolina, Arkansas. That's another SEC versus SEC matchup coming up on Saturday. Uh, big believer in Arkansas. I don't think they've arrived quite yet, but I think they're well on their way. Uh, I like Shane Beamer a lot, but it's very very tough to win there. Steve Spurrier couldn't win anything more than the SEC West, uh, SEC East at South Carolina and that was when the the East was at its weakest. So I'm I don't have a whole lot of faith in anybody coaching at South Carolina especially when Georgia is what it is. Florida looks beyond the come up. Kentucky's starting to make a name for itself over there. Tennessee's trying to become relevant again. Uh, I just see South Carolina is the odd man out. I don't think they're going I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, and I think Spencer Arkansas Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Yeah, he yep. Yeah, cool. Arkansas um, will be the home team. Yes, and I I think Arkansas is going to be significantly better i think this is not going i think this is going to be a comfortable win i'm going to say this is a double digit win number 24 tennessee at number 17 pittsburgh that one should be a lot of fun that's an amazing game that should be a lot of fun 230 Um, on abc saturday i have no idea I have no idea because Pittsburgh did win against West Virginia, right? I'm I'm remembering that correctly. You are correct. The, that was the backyard brawl. That was that was a very very An entertaining epic game. game. Very very fun game. Um, I don't know. I said earlier I'm not in the business of making predictions, and here I am predicting things. Um, I don't know. It's at Pittsburgh, so I'm going to give it to Pitt, but. Tough. You're tough. also going to be Should, able to change your picks tomorrow when I hand you this official documentation fair, for fair picks enough. to be made. But fair I just enough. wanted to see where your head was at I today. I went undefeated last week, and I'm pretty proud of that. I still my, need uh, to total all those up for everybody yeah. there. Well, I, I did not get one wrong. Look at you. I'm 99% positive. Until I hand you the paperback, and I'm going to be like, you circled this team. <laughs> yeah, I start, but I did predict Florida over Utah, and I did predict Arkansas over Cincinnati. And those were, those were, the, those were the two I were least confident in, and I picked them both right, so... I was pretty proud of that. All right. I Sometimes I know what I'm talking you about. You do. Sometimes you do. I like it. <laughs> Let's take a break. We close out today's show after this final timeout here on Sports Call. Tiger 95.9 FM. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guy. Moving forward, final few moments of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show here today. JJ Jackson inside the studio with my pal Brant Daughtry. 
We're having fun, and we hope that you are. We hope that you enjoyed our show today. If you're listening to us on our Sports Call podcast, again, brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live, or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Brant, we're all... Is that podcast available on? Where well, all can you find that hold sports on, let call me put podcast? My glasses on. I can read it, but I'm being dramatic by putting on my glasses. It's a little bit cl- clearer now. Sports call of the sport. The sports call podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and the Tiger Communications app. What is the Tiger Communications app? The Tiger Communications app is a lovely little app that you can go to if you type in Tiger Communications. It pops up, says TigerCom. It's got a blue background with orange stripes on it says TigerCom in big white letters. You click on that app, you open that app, you have access to all of our fine stations. It takes you directly uh, to the app form of our website. You can read a bunch of articles. You can check out my opponent preview if you're so inclined. Please do. Uh, also share that on Twitter. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, but, it's good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Um, but It's available on both Apple and Android devices. Correct. You can listen to our show on the go wherever you go. On the go wherever you go. You can listen to older episodes. Check us out live if that's when we're on any one of our four stations, except when the Braves are playing. FM Talk 93.9 tomorrow. So on the FM Talk page of the app, you've got Enterprise and Smith Station Football. That's the best way for people... To listen yeah, if to you, are, you call that game if you're out of area. If you are not in the area, or if hey, maybe you're at the game and you go, man, I want to listen to this guy talk about there you go. my my yeah. my favorite high school play football. Make I drove all the way down to Enterprise. I want to listen to the home team. Man, I can't listen to the home team broadcast because they're based out of Auburn and I'm an Enterprise. Hey, guess what? You, got the you app. can pull up the app. I love it. That's good stuff. That is amazing stuff right there. Uh, thanks for all the support. Always leave five star ratings and reviews Please. also for the podcast. Please. And you're allowed to leave reviews for apps. The app store does allow that. So type out a five star written review. We greatly appreciate the support. All right. Please, please write out a review. The algorithm likes the words. Here we go. Are we ready for this? Our nightly TV guy. Oh, so ready. I'm always ready. Tell Our show it. is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Coming up on television tonight at 6, U.S. Open Tennis on ESPN. People really talking about that match last night uh, between Alcaraz and Sinner. Uh, this 19-year-old. A five-hour, 15-minute match to advance to the semifinals of the men's bracket in the U.S. Open. Would you like to know how much of that tennis match I watched? I didn't watch any of it. I just read about it. Me neither. But a 19-year-old. Yeah, that's impressive. A five-hour match. I couldn't do that. We play pickleball often and just think about doing that for for five hours. Yeah, we do that for like two and a half hours at most. And we're pretty dead by the end of it. Playing actual tennis for five hours. Man. Maybe when I was 19, I could have gotten through like two. True. Uh, WNBA playoffs tonight at 7. The sun are visiting the sky. We've got college soccer. (laughs) That is funny. The sun is is at the sky. The Connecticut sun (laughs) at the Chicago sky is the matchup for that one. That's pretty funny. Uh, UMass Lowell at number 11. Auburn, SEC Network Plus, 6.30 p.m. Central. 
Would you like to know who the play-by-play announcer is for that broadcast tonight? Well, I would assume you. It's not me. It, is it Mr. Britt Bowen? I would not be here if it was Well, me. yeah, that's what I was <laughs> I mean, saying. It's like, it that's is. what I was about to say. You got the guess Mr. right. Mr. Britt Bowen. Mr. Britt Bowen. We is, like Britt Bowen. Is uh, doing the play-by-play tonight for Auburn Soccer. UMass Lowell at number 11, Auburn. Number 11. Airplane, your movie pick for the evening at oh, 7 o'clock a, on Max. Such a good movie. That is a classic movie that I've never seen. Oh, goodness. No that's, one's surprised That's one of those great that. older comedies. Uh, and then finally, the NFL season. The Rams, they will be recognized for winning last year's Super Bowl at the very beginning of the game. And then it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Because a brand new season starts. You flush the it. The Buffalo Bills at the LA Rams. Can't wait. Very excited. Do you have anybody uh, on your fantasy team who's playing in this game? Because uh, I because I, I have Van Jefferson and, Je- and uh, Devin Singletary. One is on my bench and one is out with an injury. I have four different fantasy teams. I d- made a mistake again and just can't say no to people about leagues and nice. What so? Yes, across four different leagues, I'm sure I, I have somebody. Yeah, I was at the coaches show with Bill Bailey last night, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm in about eight leagues." Whenever like, you Bill, talk fantasy with Bill, I'm like, I, I'm done with this Bill, conversation. I can't, I can't. It's so I hard to keep up with handle you. this, Bill. <laughs> I, th- I think any more than two would ruin me. It's awful. It's awful. But yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, and we're gonna have to make a pick for that one, Bills and Rams. So Bills and Rams. I'm, uh, I meant to do this before people left the office. I'm gonna text right now that they need to tell me who they think wins. I do think the Rams win at home. Do you? Yeah. I'm going with the Bills. I think it's their year. Okay. All right. There you go. There's our first NFL prediction of the season and that's our nightly tv guide brought to you by white claw heart seltzer thank you for being here today brant thank you for having me we will see you next week on the show that does it for today's show thanks to brad law for stopping by and being on sports call today for brant daughtry i'm jj jackson our show is over thank you and good day good day